What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 77 of High Top Flip Flops. As always, this is Chris, aka Chris, aka Not Chris, aka uh, Mr. Do Your Girl With You, aka Lil Poopy Dirt, aka Bash Me Outside because I don't fight, I just get beat up, aka Dr. Do Too Little, aka It's Not Me, It's Not You. We're just going through a tough time right now. Uh, and as always, I'm here with Navek. Hey, it's Navek, aka Navek, aka Mr. Rump on Your Girl, Say Hello, Then Run Away, aka the Tamil Tyrese, aka uh, Low Couch, Big Couch, aka uh, Big Seon. <laughs> A.K. you know what, sometimes I'm glad to be in clean spaces, <laughs> clean spaces. Uh, which I may get into later, because um, some people actually should be getting paid uh, to live in their places, because come on, Lenji, go to Windsor, it's very wild out there. <laughs> but uh, we have a, a great guest, or a great guest here today. Today with us, uh, we are fortunate to sit down with the band Cutsleeve. Um, a Toronto, all East Asian, all queer band. I'm going to leave it at band because I don't like, I don't want to put a label on the type of music that you've put out, but also uh, have the potential to put out, you know, because it can, it can change uh, on any day. Um, and even in the, in the one opportunity that I had to, to see you all live, kind of got a good variety, a good mix of, of different sounds, which I'm, I'm curious to talk about. Um, but thank you all for, for joining us here. Um, we got these cool ass mics which i've never tried out before that we're going to try today um but perhaps from i guess my left to right um if everyone wants to share their name um the pronouns and uh their role in the band are we doing the aka thing oh yeah and of course please <laughs> the AKA. you know what yes that's right if you have the aka's of i just course. thought yours were so cool they're okay they're okay they could <laughs> be better you know yeah we really it's like a, it's a work in progress on a day-to-day basis you know but please if you have aka's I would love to. We got it. We should do it. All right. We got it. We got it. Drop them on us, please. Um, My name's Amanda. I go by she, they, and I am the guitar, rhythm guitarist and backup vocalist, sometimes play keys uh, in the band, and aka never in tune. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair, fair. Uh, hi, I'm Hillary. She, her. I play bass. Uh, I have no AKs. That's okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe someone else can. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, she plays bass. Yeah, AKA, oh. AKA, she plays AKA, bass. AKA, she plays bass. Not Bia Badu B, but B to B to B to B. I still don't know how to say that name. I'm Leanne. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the drummer. AKA always the drummer, never the singer, hashtag tone deaf. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm Hannah. I don't think I have any AKAs, but I go by she, her pronouns. I play lead guitar and cut sleeve. And yeah, maybe one day I'll have some That's right. fun AKAs. Maybe by the end of this podcast, who knows? You know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Find one today. Right. <laughs> AKA oh. always late. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, That's you were on time today. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Chanel. Uh, I use she, her pronouns right now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, AK- oh, I'm the lead singer. Sometimes I play keys as well. And AKs, I'm thinking something science y, but you know. <laughs> AKA <laughs> a doctor, doctor, doctor sweet doctor tunes. Making, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, you know what? I have to say, oftentimes we do let our guests know, you know, we do these AKA things, if you have them, bring them out, and a lot of times people just be like, oh, 
have anything. And you know, they're, they're proud to not have AKs, you know, but we appreciate all of you who embraced them today because um, it's something that, you know, we spent a lot of time on, as you could tell, to put ours together. Um, but thank you. Thank you all for, for joining us today uh, and meeting us in this undisclosed location. It's not only really beautiful and has lovely lighting, but it's also very clean, as you said. Nice rug. That's right. We got, we got rugs. We got aloe vera. Guys, let's be real. Shout out to my roommate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and let's be real. The place has a nice rug. It's a nice place. It's a nice place. That's, that's, nice. so, that's what I love true. to see. <laughs> that's right. Home is no home without the uh, the rug. Um, but as we as we mentioned, um, you'll play in this band together. Um, Cut sleeve is a uh, is a name which I I'd love for you to to kind of share the origin story of. Um, but uh, I guess from what I understand, it was found kind of through doing some research of um, queer East Asian folklore uh, and kind of histories and kind of digging to see um, that the kind of existence because oftentimes uh, when when talking about um, when kind of talking about queerness it can that like false argument is put out that it's like oh this like this is this is not being a part of, of history this is not being a part of a culture this is something that's abnormal um, you know I'm curious to kind of know uh, what if if anything, uh, what other histories or what other stories that have kind of stood out to, to any of you um, are, are ones that you found? Um, but maybe I'll, I'll start by asking if any of you are willing to kind of share the the uh, the origin behind the, the name Cutsleeve. Yeah, I mean, Hillary, Hillary is the one who's the best at explaining okay, it. Okay, wonderful. Um, I found out about this story called Passion of the Cutsleeve, and I think it was through some article I read online and uh, it's about this emperor who had a male partner and they were just taking a nap or something mm. and he wanted to leave the bed but his partner was sleeping on the sleeve of his robe so he cut the sleeve so he wouldn't disturb his partner and that was like and that became a euphemism now for homosexuality but queerness whatever mm-hmm. um and i mean i will say that it is sort of sad i feel like that uh there is a lot of uh there are actually many stories in chinese folklore about mm. same gendered relationships right. but uh it's mostly with cis men <laughs> mm-hmm. um i have yet to really find anything about women right um, I do know one, but that is the story of Cutsleeve. Okay. Um, and we just had a whole list of things, and I think that's the one that's stuck with us. For sure, for sure. Um, and uh, I guess <laughs> so. There, there, there's a story about. There's more stories. I'll tell. I'll tell. Yeah. About please. those stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a story about this. Some of these are sad. Uh, this guy who, who was like a... Wait one sec. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee machine cleans itself. <laughs> it's like a cat. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, is growling in the background. Just a little, little AI, you know? You gotta, you gotta, uh, <laughs> hey, shout out to AI. Shout out yeah. to AI. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. um, there was like a municipal person in government and he came along like 
a sex worker mm. and he was really infatuated by the sex worker and um the sex worker was like oh i'm going to like i have to leave because my mom's sick and he asked without permission to use like the government officials carriage to go to this other village to help his mom and then uh when they were like oh isn't that illegal like only officials are supposed right. to use this stuff and he's like no don't you see he's like so passionate about like he really cares about his mom that's such a honorable thing mm. and then he's like oh i found this peach and it was the most delicious peach so i only ate half of it i wanted to share the other half of it wow. with the official and it was like oh he was so kind and generous to right but then like at the end they get sad because like um as they get older or something mm. he's not as attractive uh, so then it's like he took all those uh generous gestures and like flipped it the other way oh wow and then so that was one um i just learned about another one recently called uh about the rabbit god okay to er shen i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right um and he's and there's like temples in china where uh people who are queer go to like pay tribute because it's like the only way that like it's like i'm <laughs> it's like i'm gay but society around me mm. won't isn't making that acceptable right 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 but there's a god that you can pray to and like pay tribute to and so it's like fulfilling right as a means that of like desire yeah, yeah right 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 and i actually found that through um uh artist friend of ours who okay. posted a short film right that was about um this god and it was really interesting um but the last story <laughs> no, please, which is please about please, women yeah, actually is there's um there was a group from like the 1600s to like the 1960s called the golden orchid okay and it was like a group of women who were supporting each other for um folks who didn't want to get married mm. to like uh, arranged marriages with right some random guy right so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and, and the consequence of that would be like they would get disowned they would get mm. killed like all these things so like for whatever reason it was for those women they um got support okay and got shelter from right. that situation um, whether they were queer or they just didn't want to get married mm -hmm. so that was that's the only thing i've found that has women in the story yeah, <laughs> yeah. um yeah, well th thanks thanks a lot for sharing all this because obviously uh story time with Hillary. yeah <laughs> new segment of yes. the <laughs> right yes. off the bat like that. these are so important stories yeah. though because you don't really like hear them um told very often i think anyways yeah. and and for it to be such a like the basis of like the name of our band and something that we always think about all the time and it all comes from hillary's research so right on. thanks for shout out to shout out to research shout out to hillary yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's let's give hillary a round of applause yeah round of applause, round of applause. Wow. what was there there was like
like a second maybe a name that oh. if it wasn't custody that Leanne came up with that was pretty good too. Oh yeah, well it was it was another story that I'm not even gonna try to explain because it's convoluted and it's just from my childhood basically that okay. my mom used to tell me. But it was basically the story about these two different snakes and their <laughs> sisters, I believe. Yeah. And then one gets trapped under a pagoda oh, and shit. then you know, a bunch of stuff happens, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, we wanted to call the band Lady White Snake as well. <laughs> <laughs> but but names great But there's, there's another band called White White Snake or something, Lady Snake. Like, some, okay. something pretty similar. Very close. Okay. Well, what if... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my favorite fruit is are peaches. Okay. And, like, right I found out that there's actually a lot of symbolism in Chinese culture with peaches. Really? And there's Good. a god that grows peaches that make you immortal whoa <laughs> so Sick. like i looked up peaches of immortality but there's like a freaking white band that's already called nah. peaches of immortality. yeah that is a cool name pesky white bands <laughs> pesky white bands yeah. 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 i be doing that <laughs> and i mean it's not even just the stories it's also just like history itself a lot of stuff within musicians with the music is just so suppressed and it's excluded from the canon mm-hmm. and you're not even taught i'm in school for for music okay. and i'm taking a lot of music history classes and just so many things like women um queer people and i'm only st- and i'm just studying quote-unquote history which mm. is you know european music history of course so characters such as like hildegard von bingham who's like this really badass nun slash preacher Damn. who pretty much held like a convent choir full of like gay ladies <laughs> like, was, like she was she's super iconic and honestly like you know we we had one of our classes which is like a gender and sexuality music class and you know they go okay so name some name influential female musicians or composers you can only name like four or five and most of them are related to famous male musicians you know what i mean yeah. like so it's just it's just something. constantly within the canon like well i think the statistic was i think out of 800 something uh people inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame only like not even a hundred of them are women right you know and that's like that's the same <laughs> but yeah. anyways just from the canon itself it's just constantly being excluded yeah um and that leaves people even though those people did exist people who are now looking to their ancestors to look into the past they don't see themselves being represented and it, it uh it's it's not um uh i, I can't think of the it's word. like a, it's like a lonely feeling to a, feel yeah. like you're the first person or the only person going mm-hmm. through this but because you don't know that there are people who were like you before right. and you think mm-hmm. you're the only person in the world who's like you know feeling this way yeah and mm-hmm. that's why like i don't know like community stories all these things like passing these down are really important of course uh, yeah yeah my goodness without a doubt um i think to to add to that i think uh it's like it's this idea of like guidance as well right like oftentimes entering like a new space or entering um spaces where you know your your identities or your lived experiences don't or haven't as you kind of mentioned like aren't noted down they aren't even documented right um when it's not even like remembered in this like very kind of basic means of remembering, which is like is it or history books or, mm-hmm. or the, our schools, whatever it is. Um, it like it adds into the like our belief systems as well, right? We're like, oh, I didn't see it in school, so why would I? What is going to allow for me to think about this on a daily basis unless there's like some kind of um, 
you know, a band, a band or something that is like existing out, uh, outside of what it is that we're consistently being taught. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's scary when you're at the forefront of it and you're like, Hey, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? You know, that's like a, um, a really like loaded question that we can ask ourselves as a result of like not having our existence validated, right. Or not having what we're doing, not having anyone just being like, run with it, you know, keep going. Cause what you're doing is so special. Um, but I think it's really great that for the most part, all of you've kind of um, like taking that in, right? Taking in that there is so much history to uncover and to kind of like um, fight for to an extent, right? To to remind people that it's there. Uh, it's also really special because all you're adding to it, right? I think that's what's like the the coolest thing here. Um, you, you kind of mentioned your your mom in the story that uh, yeah. that she mentioned yeah. to you. Um, I'm curious to know for for everyone here um, what relationships uh, or what music in your in your households growing up kind of looked like. Was it something that was, um, you know constantly present was it something that was you know completely in the shadows and it was something that you kind of picked up on your own um yeah i'm kind of curious to know what that looked like for all of you well we all have very different uh, degrees of degrees of (laughs) like uh, familial music exposure gotcha yeah 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 yeah, sure i could totally start um so for me i was like i grew up in like a pretty musical family like really classically trained though so um i have two older sisters both of them played piano from like a really young age and then um the school that we went to when you hit grade seven you got to choose if you wanted to do like what they called fine arts so it was like like um like physical art and you could take like a music class and um drama or you could choose band so like all of us went into band (laughs) um my mom had like classical music playing constantly like i yeah we were just like always exposed to classical music it was always classical music sometimes chinese music as well like some c-pop in there (laughs) um yeah and i was yeah like i remember being like i think i was like 16 or so and like i was preparing for my like arct for the um for piano actually and I, like, hit this kind of spot where I was, like, man, like, I'm supposed to be practicing, like, four to five hours a day and, like, also doing school and, like, maybe having a life somewhere yeah, in there, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And I just, like, I didn't quite have the passion for classical piano mm. that, um, like, some of my peers did that were also, like, preparing for their ARCTs. And I was just kind of, like, you know what, like, I can't can't do that anymore. Yeah. And then I got to university and I was, like, man, like, I miss music because I was still doing, like, um like band in in school like gotcha. I was part of the musicals as like the orchestra and everything right um yeah so when I got here I was like I'm not doing anything musical and like this really sucks yeah. so yeah um then I found like I met Leanne at university okay. and Leanne was like I have this band and like I met some members and I was like oh shit <laughs> might, have some, might have something to do with snakes yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> I was like yeah that's great like I mean I hadn't really like touched rock music at all <clears throat> before like whatever we really do right. but <laughs> Yeah, like, it was so refreshing to, like, I don't know, be able to create something instead, because I was always, like, I always got a score, learned the score, memorized the score, output, you know? Reciting. So that was that was how I learned music, and then this is just, like, so, so different mm. um, in the way that, like, I don't know, we all bring a little bit of our own influences into it, and, yeah, it's, it's just really nice to yeah. be able to, like, make something instead of having to just... I don't know, reflect something that yeah. I've always been exposed to. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Uh, reciting it, right? Or like yeah, yeah. Re- regurgitating Regurgitating it. Because it is tough, right? You're, you're trying to stick to like all of the like 
all of the the small decisions that someone else made right mm-hmm. like being staccato or like taking this crescendo yeah. or whatever it is right um none of that it's like there's there's little to no room for any kind of improvisation if you yeah. were and i'm sure if you were to do it it's just kind of like oh what God, are jazz you doing was so hard for me <laughs> right. they were like now you improvise and i'm like what what is that, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, mm-hmm. I appreciate everything that I learned from, like, classical piano and everything so much, because, like, that was the foundations of, like, everything that I know about music, too, so. For sure. It's it's really cool to, like, bring those two worlds together for me. Yeah, yeah. to have a foundation of maybe, like, theory and kind of, like, mm-hmm. um, uh, maybe, like, a, a base vocabulary to kind yeah. of, like, express ideas as well, oh, I'm sure that's helpful. Theory was so hard for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was my, like, very classical experience okay it's definitely not like what we've all had so for sure uh, yeah yeah I'm, I'm, i'd love to know what it was yeah. like for, for yeah. those you have kind of the opposite yeah so for me growing up my i guess household musical influence was definitely my dad mm. um and my dad he's western he's canadian my mother's japanese okay and my mother didn't really ever listen to music, so I mm. never got to be exposed to like the kind of music she likes. And um, she's Japanese, and I was never really exposed to much music from the Japanese culture and gotcha. all that, which I'm sad about. Like now that I'm older, and I feel like I I wish I had more of that in my mm-hmm. life growing up. Um, but my dad, yeah, he was all, always listening to like you know like. Uh, classic rock and (laughs) older like folk music and stuff and he was always like whenever he'd have the radio on listening to his music he'd like be like Hannah who's what band is this what's the song Mm. he like quizzed me and so like (laughs) became very really familiar with his um kind of music and I listened to a lot of it when I was in like middle school and I totally missed out on like what was popular during that time in school like (laughs) everyone was listening to like I don't know hip-hop and like pop music back then and I was like listening to my dad's music (laughs) 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 yeah Yeah. (laughs) I missed out on like some of that stuff um but yeah so I think like definitely my like I got into playing guitar I got my first guitar um, when I was like 15 years old or something, okay. and I, I, asked, I asked for it, I wanted one, and I would just like sit in my room like every day after school, like for an hour, and just like play with my acoustic guitar on my bed, sure. and like I dug up my dad's old guitar books, he, when he was young, he played guitar, so he saved all his books that he like learned from, okay. so these old like brown, the pages all brown and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like sit, put that on the music That's stand, good. like practice oh, in my room. Right. Amazing. It's like old school. Um, yeah, so I never got any formal training in guitar or anything, never played piano. Um, so very different from Chanel's experience growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, my siblings, I had two younger siblings, they were never really into music or playing music at least. Um, and we also have quite different music tastes as well. For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, so very different from Chanel. I don't, I didn't gain much of that like uh, knowledge of musical theory and all that. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I draw more from just like the feeling that the sounds I yeah, generate yeah, yeah, yeah. like create for me. And like, um, so even now when we're writing music. I don't go through that process of like, oh, we're playing in this key, so what chords would go along with this and right. sound good? For me, I can't formulate that because I don't have that knowledge. Right. 
Um, so for me, it's just like, oh, if we're playing this chord, I know what that sounds like. What would sound nice and feel good and like create mm -hmm. the mood that I'm going for or feeling yeah. for this particular song and like, or what's the kind of message we're trying to send and what kind of feeling is that, do we want that to like create totally. an, an audience when they hear it and all this stuff. Like if we're making a song that's more like, I don't know, coming from a place of like frustration mm. or something like that. Like what's that going to sound like? That's right. How are we going to like project that feeling through sound? Um, so that's kind of more my process, but now um, we're just working on our first EP now mm -hmm. and we're in a studio setting. That's my first time. And I guess kind of a, a uh, what's the word? A struggle or like hesitation I feel being in that kind of situation is like, am I going to be able to communicate or understand like what our producer or like kind of the conversations we're having that are more technical or if the producer wants me to try playing something in a different key or moving somewhere else on my instrument like guitar to try a different sound like am I going to be able to understand or like right. translate that and play that but so far we haven't run into that problem but um yeah I guess that's just like kind of a I don't know I feel like I'm lacking in that area to be able to mm. communicate music in that way yeah um, because I like I can understand that having that knowledge of the theory it can be in some ways easier to talk about right, right, those right. kinds of things like it's a language it's yeah. a language exactly yeah. it's kind of like a universal it makes things like kind of standardized For sure. like everyone knows how to like talk about music in that way but um, so far it hasn't been too yeah. much of a challenge yeah, but yeah, yeah. it is something that I would like to like learn more for sure just for like Hannah does have like an innate ability to like create sick riffs yeah. <laughs> like, it, just, it just comes out like guitar yeah. hero you know and then we're, and we're just like wait what was then she's yeah. like I don't know what I just did yeah. yeah. and then we're like oh my god we have a recorder we play it back and we're like trying to like yeah this is something that we've like it's helpful for me as well in our creative process is that anytime we're rehearsing or jamming, we record Hillary so kindly records all of our sessions yeah. so that we can listen back because sometimes that will happen where I'll just like be like you'll have a stroke of genius. I don't know. Like <laughs> you're just fiddling around. around on my guitar and like they'll be like, Hannah, whatever you just did that right there sounded great. And like, what did I do? What did I have <laughs> <laughs> so to listen back and figure it out. That's the nice thing about like yeah. us being a team, you know, is like like how music is a language we like have some translators you know like exactly yeah, that's cool I like that yeah and like definitely having a couple of members who do have a piano background can kind of just feel like like figure something out on the keys or something or like have that knowledge and kind of can relay things mm -hmm. to the translators yeah exactly like other members of us that. who don't have that language that's yeah cool. well, I'm working yeah. on it I would like to learn yeah yeah it can also be really intimidating, as you said, when you're in that space and you do have a producer kind of turn to you and say, like, oh, yeah, you know, drop tune your guitar. Yeah. And like, ah, yeah. yeah. Let me Google that. Yeah. <laughs> in the music world in general, too, is like sometimes you can feel like inferior to other musicians who they're like, oh, you're not real yeah. musicians because you don't know like these things. That's or right. That's like, right. You don't know these technical things. And so sometimes that is hard. And like, I. Yeah, it gives me more of like this, like feeling like I'm an imposter here. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like language good enough. is created for musicians, not the musicians for lang the language. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. how I think. Yeah, of. Mom yeah, definitely. Like, well put. Yeah. Yeah. like before we had these theory things, people still made music. How like mm -hmm. it's it's all that's like, true. Like it's it was made after. That's true. And yeah. like 
what we think is the system here now, you can go somewhere else and like it'll be a totally different system. It'll be blown yeah. Up, yeah. Like I just learned that in like I think in Mexico they they instead of using like A B C D E they use Do Re Mi Fa So. So when mm. you talk about uh, a chord, you'd say like Do or so far. I don't, I don't like, really like yeah. it's like it, they use, they use, they use it, fixed dough instead yeah. of movable dough which is what we use yeah. here but it's actually it's like half and half in like different countries or, yeah. Or, yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah and like when it's, I was growing up like like a, a half note was a minimum and a quarter note was a, a, a crotchet that's the the uh, our uh, new ep title crotchet, crotchet. <laughs> <laughs> not actually not actually <laughs> you heard it here first yeah leanne you want to go next sure yeah um yeah i very classic um my mom made me Made me. They, they gave me a piano right. for my fourth birthday. Right. And, you know, um, I was doing that for a long time, and I absolutely hated it. Um, you know, to the point where it's like I was like lying on the piano bench, and she's like, "You have to play for you know forty five minutes." So I'd be lying down. It was almost an exact copy to the one here in this undis- undisclosed location. location. <laughs> I just lie on the bench, and I just like slam the. <laughs> I like play it really slowly, and it was like I hated it. Abstract um, piano. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and my piano, my piano teacher, she was so mean to me, and I just I hated her. Um, but uh, I remember going to my brother's because my brother got to learn guitar, so I was always jealous of him. And I went to his recital, and there was another kid there, and he played like a drum solo, and I was like, oh my god. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah. And also, um, I was around twelve at this time, and I was just totally in that phase. Where I was like, I want to be different from everyone else, and I'm not like other girls, like, you know, <laughs> that whole that whole thing. So I was like, oh, there's no girl drummers, so I want to be a drummer. Right um, and so I asked for drums for my birthday, and my parents actually got them for me. Oh, um, I think they were just happy that I wanted to stay in music. Right, um, right, right. So I did both for a little while before I just, I was always playing drums and I was never playing piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and then I did that in high school. Um, my high school music programs were an interesting experience <laughs> that I don't want to <laughs> get into. Are, but yeah, um, yeah, and then I, you know, came time for university and it, uh, my mom was like, you, it, well, basically I said, okay, well, drumming is the only thing I really want to do. Mm-hmm. And my mom um, she's like, okay, you can do it, but you have to go like the classically trained route. Like mm. you have to, you have to be like the way her mind works is like there's a system and you you complete the you complete the requirements and then you get the degree and the job and you know that she's very um, practical like that. Mm-hmm. So the only program that she saw was classical percussion. Okay. So I ended up taking percussion lessons um, with this. I got an amazing teacher, luckily, right on. Okay. and um, I met some really amazing people through doing shows with her, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, you know, I could actually, like, I wouldn't mind going to school doing percussion, right. so uh, I went to U of T, or I'm still at U of T, okay. <laughs> um, doing classical percussion, and mm-hmm. it's it's still a very weird dichotomy of doing classical um, music, but it's so much more different than classical piano would have been, it's like, it's really fun and weird, and being in percussion is sort of the like the oddball of the of the yeah, group, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. where I seem to always place myself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's kind of what my my journey has been. My parents are they're very um, supportive of it, but they're not um, 
musical themselves, I gotcha. guess. You know, my, my dad always is like, oh, I have such a big influence on you. But, um, <laughs> I mean, he definitely has influenced me positively and negatively. Positively in the same sense where he played me a lot of his old, like, classic rock and yeah. that stuff. But he's so tone deaf. <laughs> and we have the exact same singing skills. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what my experience okay. has been, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, for me... I did not grow up with a musical family. Uh, I guess when I think about it, the only thing is my aunt teaches music in elementary school, but okay, she never cool. like played anything. Right. Um, but my parents don't play any instruments, and they listen to like you know things that were popular in their era. Gotcha. Um, classic rock, pop. I started. Li- I, I I listened to Cher because of my mom oh, <laughs> when I was like I when I was a teenager. <laughs> like I had, I was like listening to like that. the '90s pop, like British pop, mm, okay. and then I stopped listening to music, and then I was listening to Cher, <laughs> <laughs> and then I and then oh, I geez. stopped listening to music, and then that's when I mean I'm I'm like many other folks who. Uh, <laughs> found Japanese music, Japanese rock music through okay. anime. Right. And uh, yeah. that is what influenced me to start playing bass. No way. Okay. I just, uh, I got, I started going to these forums and I found like all these like hidden bands that no one probably had heard of. Mm. And I was like, wow, there, there's something about this music that they're doing something with the bass lines. Right. And I was, it was really intriguing, and I loved listening to it. And, like, I've listened to music in, like... I don't speak these languages, mm. but I listen to, like, Cantonese, Mandarin, Korean, uh, Tagala uh, music through high school and, like, still do. Okay, cool. Um, and... So I started by, I think it was when I finished high school, I was like, Mom, I need something to do when I'm in the <laughs> summer, so I'm going to learn bass. Um, and I just was playing to tabs, right which is probably now my detriment. Yeah. I don't, also, like Hannah, I don't know much theory. Yeah, yeah. I can um, read a tab like, <laughs> tomorrow. But. <laughs> but yeah, the, tabs. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> tabs are wild, huh? Yeah. <laughs> numbers, yeah. they're like, useless, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> You know the vibes. Um, (laughs) So, um, I just, I started from there and I was playing like a lot of rock and metal stuff. Um, And I had tried to uh, play with other folks, I think, when I was. in my last year of high school, and um, I think that was just a very intimidating thing because mm. the lead guitarist that I knew, he was like doing metal shredding, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he would just play something on the bass. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you did, yeah. <laughs> and then he would try and tab it out, and I'm like, I still don't. I I need more time, right. <laughs> um, and then that didn't really go very far, which is fine. It was just sort of like casual jamming, mm-hmm. see what comes out of it right, right, right. and then I had stopped for a while and 
cut sleeve with yeah. <laughs> for now. Sleeve, and then yeah. I was like, okay, well now I'm gonna, you know, uh, that was a very intimidating thing when we were like, let's do originals. And it's like, okay, I need right. to learn these things now. What what was the triad in a chord? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I'm very uh, grateful now because I, it's only through this now that I feel like I've grown mm. a bit as a bassist um, because I'm now writing my own bass lines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before, I was just mimicking, mm-hmm. regurgitating yeah. things, <laughs> even though I liked it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. And Hillary's bass lines are fire. Very fire. Yeah. And now she's playing fire. bass chords. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leveling up. Play bass. Leveling <laughs> up. Leveling <laughs> up. Leveling <laughs> up. Leveling <laughs> up. Leveling <laughs> Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> um, uh, my, my parents are somewhat musical in the sense that they're not classically trained, but um, like my dad loves music. Mm. Um, like his dad, so my grandfather, like loved bossa nova and that Best. passed on to him, wow. which passed on to me. So it was always like bossa nova. That's so house. cool. <laughs> um, Very specific strain too, actually. Yeah, I don't know what's, what's up with that. Just bossa nova. And and like so maybe me and Chanel are the same person. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then my mom like she plays a little bit she plays guitar. She okay. only plays chords and she plays like very acoustic like the um the nylon strings guitars gotcha. and she learned because so like my family's very religious and okay. we, like i grew up in the church so okay. she learned how to play guitar so that she could play like worship songs with gotcha. her friends and they could like worship god together cool um so she knew like how to play like the basic chords mm-hmm. um and um but i like never learned the guitar from her growing up they made me take piano just like Chanel. okay okay so and i so i did get classically trained, which I'm very, very grateful for. I've screamed many times about not wanting to do it, but they were like, finish it! Right. <laughs> and I was like, and now I'm like, I really, really thank them Like, just the type of person that I am, like, I just need, like, that little bit of, like, please, like, did that push to, okay, like, Okay, now you're encouraging impressionable um, <laughs> <laughs> parenting. Yeah. I, think, I think it depends on the child. But for, for sure. me, anyway, I'm like, I was like, not a good practice. Anyways, whatever. It was it, at the end. It was good, but then I, I think the, the other difference, the other difference that I had, maybe different from Chanel, is that um, I had the classical side, but I also had the like improvise playing in a band side because mm. I picked up the guitar um, like grade seven ish. Right. Uh, my mom taught me like the four basic chords. And then the rest I learned through ultimateguitar.com. Whoa. (laughs) Shout out. Yeah, sponsor sponsor this episode. And then then my mom was like, you should put your music to good work and play in the church. And then Mm. I played in the church band for like all of high school. And that taught me how to improvise and listen and play with band. Because like a lot of times they would just start playing and you couldn't, like there was no notes to read and the songs Whoa. that they gave you you just had to like they'll be like this is the key that you're in you chords. have to like listen and know if this is a four or five one chord or whatever Damn. and it's like it's like a totally different language than like the classical thing yeah. so like i think i got the best of both worlds even though it was at church <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a lot of like your most famous musicians actually started out at church Damn. like yeah. justin timberlake like <laughs> saying like in church like church his girl. grandfather okay. was a pastor yeah, yeah the man of the like, woods 
can we address the man in the woods real quick? <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard that. Yeah, so. I, I, I think it was a bust. It was worse. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Why did he do that? Like, my jeets. I don't yeah. know. Like, I mean, he got old and he decided that he wanted to do what he wanted to do instead of trying to appeal to the masses, which I respect, but I also don't like his, <laughs> his style of yeah. music. Um, but I don't know why I picked him as the example. No, that's all right. Like, my my apologies. And like, and like my parents, I never listened to rock music because my parents think that rock music is the devil's mm. <laughs> Like right, literally, right. like I'll I'll show th- show them like one of our songs, and they'll like my mom will like turn will be like turn it off. Or oh, like one man. time we were in the car. And she was like, can you roll down the windows to my dad so that she like wouldn't have to hear it? And it's nothing against her. It's just like, I think it's a very different um, yeah. culture and a very different um, thing that they weren't exposed to. Yeah. And yeah. so it takes time to warm up. Like, it took me a long time to, like, because I was never exposed to rock music ever, like, ever until maybe, like, my adulthood. Right. And then I discovered that, like, just through... I don't know, discovering it. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. everyone has their own journey to, like, For find sure. the type of music that they like. And sometimes there are, like, prejudices that hold them back or they're never exposed to it, so they don't want to try. Exactly. And it's and it's not true. Like, you know, I never listened to rock music. Now I'm in a rock band. Yeah. So <laughs> I say give everything a go. Give everything a go, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, um, real quick. Uh, so being in a, a relationship with a person that in a creative aspect can be very real you know like i know between myself and krish like i know when he's wearing big pants that i know he's down to pot right <laughs> um and we've also had some disagreements you know some major disagreements now with yourselves i don't know if you guys have been in that situation of major disagreements there if that did or has occurred have you guys just uh tackled it right away or do you split up and take some time to to think things through watch a you know a critically acclaimed television series and then get back to it at all? It's a very specific question. But, uh, Can you repeat the question? <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's a lot to that. Um, like, all I heard was... <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I even don't know where I'm going with certain things. Uh, no, but basically, if you guys, uh, you know, you guys are a band, uh, if that is true, <laughs> you gotta address that. Now, uh, if you guys have had, like, major, you know, disagreements and things like that regarding songs, bars, tabs, uh, like, do you guys uh, just sit down and just try to, to figure out how to squash that immediately? Or is it, like, a process where you have to take some time apart? I feel like, you know, we haven't had any major, major times where we're, like, completely divided. Like, For sure. one of us is like, no, this sounds great. And, yeah, like, yeah, other yeah. Is like that work. sounds horrible, mm-hmm. you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like, in general, we're kind of like, why don't we, maybe we could try this? Like, or maybe we could try this? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel like... We do a little bit of both, you know, when we do find, like, sometimes we, like, come across something where we're, like, there are several options here. They're all, like, pretty good. So, yeah. like, go home and, like, listen to it and come back, like, regroup, you know, but... What? The nice thing is we're all very non-confrontational. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's good. So, yeah, if there is sure. anything that we Double don't agree sword. on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we agree on it, eventually. Yeah. 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 Well, I think the good thing about us is, um, you know, I'm not always the best at this, so I appreciate all of y'all for doing this, Mm. is everyone is really good at expressing exactly how they're feeling, and we're not afraid to, like, listen to, like, every aspect, and, you know, it's not just, like, musical stuff. I think musically, we're actually pretty um, harmonious about that stuff, um, but just in terms of, like, you know, we all have our own personal lives, like, five different people have a lot of different stuff going on, and just... 
um, I think it's just taken us like understanding that we all have like we're all at different points in our lives mm-hmm. or like we have a lot of different stuff going on work school you know whatever but um, I'm not always the best at expressing what I'm like feeling all the time or like I don't even understand what I'm saying but then for example like even at the smallest thing you guys will just like come to us first and be like this is my concern this is yeah. like what I'm feeling and we're all just very understanding and um, I think that's also been a really major yeah. key and it's very different from um, like say for example my friend groups where maybe sometimes people can be like passive aggressive or something mm. it's not like that at all which I really appreciate yeah like no one's talking behind anyone's back everything's very out in the open yeah. like if you feel it you say it if someone feels that someone else isn't feeling well we ask them are you doing okay yeah. like let us know and we never do anything without a full, the full consent of everyone in the group so if if like you know one person isn't okay with something then we want not going to go do it yeah um and if it's anything that's like like um i don't think have we ever done like voting but i feel like we vote we, on things yeah. we voted we vote, the we EP vote for the ep songs <laughs> yeah. and nice. things like that so it doesn't have to be like 100 percent like yeah. uh, we're all on the same page but like we're we we definitely like discuss the methods of which we come to the decisions yeah. before we actually make them so that no mm-hmm. one's feeling like left out because yeah. at the end of the day we're like a family and yeah. the only way that you can oh. agree on things <laughs> is to like communicate with each other right? right about like everything that's so, right yeah welcome mm. to friendship 101 but no truly uh i think like and you're all of what was just mentioned is just like very well i think um when expressed, right, it, uh, it it's it's uh, not only ideal, but it sounds so simple, right? Mm-hmm. Is to, to be honest in that way, but it's hard um, to be honest like that, though. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Based on your lived experience, based on like how your parents have treated you, and how that like manifests in into the way that you interact with the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it it can be really difficult, and, and particularly when when you're in scenarios where you're not met with reciprocation, right? When you're not met with like understanding or, or so someone's willingness to be as vulnerable. Um, it makes it hard. So, uh, one, yeah, shout out to, to all you <laughs> folks for, for upholding that because it, it is really difficult, um, especially when um, in in a lot of cases this is a very new experience, right? Whether it's the style of music or in the space or in like, recording studios, um, all of it becomes really challenging. Um, I appreciated what I, I think the, the two of you had to say about playing drums and also your experiences in high school metal bands. In our last episode, oh. we spoke about as extensively as uh, I grew up playing the drums as well, and I played in a metal band in high school. And, um, yeah, very similarly, I, uh, it's super funny. Our lead guitarist was also this just like insanely talented like shredder and he was just like yeah, yeah i wrote this song i was like oh you wrote the whole song he's like yeah i have lead guitar rhythm guitar i have a bass line and i also have the drums as well and it's like okay thanks for uh letting the rest of us be involved in this um but uh yeah one uh, high school bands are just like there's very few band there are some high school bands that have like lasted past high school and have like gone on to do special things but um, it is always just like a very weird and confusing time where not everyone understands how like synchronicity works and like <laughs> teamwork is. But um, yeah, our, our experiences with like music and like music lessons are, are similar but different, I guess. Like both of us did, um, I grew up playing a like a South Indian drum called the Miradangam um, and Nivek grew up playing like the keyboard uh, and both of us had like awful teachers. And I know this is like, yeah. a, like a very common thing for people to just have like 
the worst teachers in the world and then like one gem who's just who you stick with kind of for the rest of your life um but uh do you want to share a little bit about your time uh playing the keyboard yeah i played uh keyboard in the summer of 2006 or 7 we don't really know but <laughs> Trying to block I, yeah and i just remember like like my uh teacher beating everyone with the ruler like whenever they got something wrong i was like that's not gonna make me want to do this yeah. <laughs> i want to i want to do anything but this now um so a lot of that so we know um if you're teaching people don't don't hit them or don't be cruel to them like why would you do that what's the point of that you know you're not um creating real art if you're That's just right. screaming <laughs> at people yeah truly um, uh, the same thing can be applied to raising your kids. That's right. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't, don't be cruel. Cool. That's right. <laughs> exactly. See. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. my great experience there. Yeah, and it, it always like it always. Um, I mean, definitely not something that we have to get into today. But there's always like uh, there's great conversation that happens around like um, this idea of like pursuing greatness. You know, like oftentimes um, that is something that's tied to it is like this intense rigor and like this sacrifice and oftentimes like. Um, something that is tied to it is like different different forms of abuse, right? Um, where like someone goes through like immense pain and immense struggle, um, and that's what like they or sometimes other people in their lives will attribute their success to. You know, um, that that becomes like a very challenging. But oftentimes, I think you know, at least the two of us are very much on the side that it's like of the argument against it, right? Which is like mm-hmm. you don't need those things to foster greatness, and like also you know we can. It's worth interrogating what it is to 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 be great in that sense, right? Is like sure you could be considered one of the greatest piano players in the world but you know if like if you go through that whole entire phase of your life just like with so much like sadness or like pain inside you um like how great how great is it really you know um so we'll start a new segment called <laughs> teaching <laughs> teaching musicians 101 Damn. Right. as well um speaking of you know this kind of process uh you know of, of practicing and also just kind of owning all of your crafts um I, i'm super curious to kind of know about this song writing process for all of you because um you know as you've all kind of made it apparent to me this is all very it's a very new experience for all of you too um from what i understand um you know everyone kind of has a, a as an opportunity to to do some of the writing and, and all uh, the composing as well um but um I, I am kind of curious to know what uh, creative or how, how all of you tackle creative blocks uh, because that does happen and I think when as you mentioned you know life gets in the way um, or sometimes those feelings of doubt or like imposter syndrome kind of kind of get in the way um, it can be really difficult to figure out how to move forward or how to articulate what it is that you're thinking um, so I'm kind of curious to know what kind of um, challenges but also what benefits have kind of come from doing songwriting together I mean, yeah, I, I guess I can, like, start to answer that, but yeah. um, I think for me personally, like, there are times where I'm, like, I absolutely cannot write anything, because mm. a lot of the times when I write, um, well, I usually just, like, write lyrics, I bring it to the rest of the band, and Amanda usually, like, lays down some really awesome chords, we build it from there, cool. um, if, if, like, for some of the songs that, like, I've started, um, and a lot of those songs like stem from something that's like really emotional you you know Mm. so you know with life sometimes you're just gonna have a plateau phase you're like yep everything's stay the same for like a month so things are kind of stagnant and like it's it's nice because a lot of the times when i did like or when i do write um they're like not great emotions so Mm. i i like when i'm in the plateau phase a little bit um and you know 
like just because like I'm not the one bringing lyrics doesn't mean we're like stopping songwriting which is really mm-hmm. great because there's four of us like everyone has brought a song to start cool so it's not like we need one person to start the songwriting process you know like everyone has something they want to write about mm. or like has some inspiration um so yeah like that's been so great about like writing with a group of people instead of just on your own for sure Mm -hmm. even when you like hit a point where i'm like i don't even know like what what word goes here yeah like there's like four people here that are like how about all of these ones you know (laughs) (laughs) so i mean we're all going through it at different times so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but i mean for example well I'm also, when I write songs, I'm also, it's like when I'm like emotional and I'm like writing stuff down because because I'm, <laughs> I know, I know, I'm like crying, like, oh my God, this would be such a good time. <laughs> but I don't know, because I'm always like, oh, I don't have time to write a song. And that's when I'm usually like really busy. And then I sit there and I'm like, oh, okay. But so I, I would say like about half of our songs are like emotional or like, and then half of our songs are about. I think when we didn't take inspiration from our emotions, they're more about, um, like, topics that we feel strongly yeah. about, for example. So, like, 1989, mm. um, which is an emotional topic, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like... Uh, it didn't stem from one of our own emotions. Yeah, and then right. our, um, our song, Yellow Fever. Mm-hmm. We spe- <laughs> great song, great song. <laughs> we, we specifically, Chanel and I, sat down and we're like, okay, we're going to have a songwriting session. Like, that was one of, that was one of the few times where we're like, okay, we're going to sit down and write a song instead of just... difficult. Like, it, and it was, it was yeah. really difficult, and we were like, okay, like, we, we want to play on this, and we want to play on that, and we want to incorporate this, which is, like, very different than we usually... Mm-hmm. We're just, like, writing whatever we feel. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of it felt weird and fake at, at a little at first because we were sounded like a show tune. It too. did. Oh. So cause we were playing <laughs> on like a piano. We were we were in like room. we were like at at school yeah. and sitting at a piano in a practice room and like trying to do this. <laughs> and like this feels so inauthentic. <laughs> yeah. But and then when we came when we we wrote it down, we're like, okay, we'll just see what we can do. And we're like, it's probably not gonna yeah. turn out that well. And then we just ended up it just ended up sounding really cool and mm. we brought it back to the band and we're like this is a fun song and yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it's, fun. it's definitely from our experiences but it wasn't like an emotional um thing yeah and so. i really like that song too because like a bunch of our other songs okay i love all our songs obviously <laughs> but like our other songs i feel like always stem from something that like we're like oh my god like i'm so frustrated or like i'm so mm. sad right now that i have to write it down and like I, like it's kind of like a cathartic way but this is like we like wrote yellow fever like kind of ironically too right. so there's just like that like hint of you know just like sarcasm yeah and, like making yeah. fun of like you know just the way stuff is it's like it's cathartic in a very different way totally. which I, I really appreciate about that one it's definitely a real issue that we had yeah, experienced obviously. Yeah. however we were just like well, let's make let's fun just of make it. fun of it. Yeah. Let's just and it's it's a really fun song to play and it also was very different when we went from piano to playing it as a full band mm-hmm. and the sound totally yeah. changed and then even playing it live like it got a little angsty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the thing too about like whenever you write like our songs always start like maybe with one person or two people first and then it goes out to the band and everyone then adds their own like composing stuff mm. like their elements to it. Right? Gotcha. Like, it, there's so many layers all the time so totally. like so the amazing thing is like whenever you think that you have an amazing song it'll go out to the band and it'll become even more amazing because all those other elements you like input. fit in and then they hear things that you might not hear for it um, and then you can like and and then you can like collaborate together on which of those things like 
work and like maybe it doesn't even sound like the original piece anymore mm. but it sounds even better because of like that collaborative yeah. yeah like like Jury and Eyes was like was like I feel like a totally different song before we before we like like the lyrics were totally yeah. different yeah. Okay. the meaning behind the lyrics, meaning, the totally lyrics were very, were like emotional at first mm. and, then, and then something else emotional happened and then then, then I was like we're gonna change it to like the song that like means something like I want it to mean something like, mm. important and this is what we were feeling at the time Hillary brought up some of these like um, she wrote this like um, like just I was it like it was a text of like some stuff that she was feeling at the time yeah. Yeah. and then me and Chanel looked at it and decided to like we were inspired Ten by it pieces. and rewrote the lyrics and, and Chanel rewrote a bunch of like the lyrics from Dear and Eyes too Brilliant. so and that's how it like got to where it is it's all like these bits and bites of right, like right, right how the song changes but in a good way yeah. so if i like went back and listened to like the original recording of Dewey and Ice now i'd be like <laughs> so, so i'm like <laughs> what is i mean yeah. well right. <laughs> you know that's how it feels so yeah. it's kind of nice because it's like snapshots of like however whoever was feeling like at that time and like then you look back at it and you're like man i was blowing that out of proportion <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. like my favorite aspect that we like pull from is we have like a shared doc mm. yeah. and it's called what is it called homeless, homeless lyrics, lyrics. Homeless lyrics. Nice. and it's just like all these like one-liners or like mm. maybe like a verse and we have no I we couldn't formulate a full song from it right. and it's just like a couple pages of our just like random like we're like oh this line would sound really cool but like we don't really know where else and we've been trying to like, kind of compile it into Cool. Find homes for yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. That, it's called Project Find Homes for these oh, I, like <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it's. I mean, I know we can like go into like more harder, angrier genres. Mm. Like, I know you are totally into metal to some degree. To some degree. <laughs> to some degree. I don't. I think, but I'm the I'm the one who usually listens to like metal on a regular basis. Gotcha. Because you're angry. <laughs> angry, <laughs> and I'm you? just like, wow, I'm fucking working this job, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, me. it's a means of release um, for sure. And uh, yeah, after this concert that I went uh, with Leanne, <laughs> I was like, I really need a song that I can headbang to. Mm. Right on. <laughs> And um, Leanne, you were like, um, no, we got angry songs. We have 1989. We have Dury. And I was like, no, those aren't angry. <laughs> but then I was also like, we also don't have like exclusively like happy songs either. I feel like. Well, now you know, there's no more space. <laughs> yeah, no. Our, like, our, Next time. I feel like our genre is still shifting and still finding its identity. Yeah. And like I do, and after that, you had written what is now my fa- my personal favorite song on the EP. Okay. That and no one has heard live yet. Yeah, we haven't played it live. We're saving yeah. it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it, it's very, because, you know, going into it, my influences were very much like Bikini Kill, um, La Tigre kind of, but La Tigre is a little bit more poppy. Yeah. Um, just like more angry music, but I also the like I kind of yeah the riot girl kind of music. But I listen to like a lot more angry stuff, um, you know, in my like my early teens kind of age. But then now, I found especially now my taste has been not my taste, but my what I've been listening to has expanded in terms mm. of, like more like electronic, more like bedroom poppy kind of stuff, and it's just hard. And then you're writing music and you have something in mind, but then it doesn't come out the way that you think it will. Right. And then you know we all have different musical styles, so it's and 
yeah so it's it's kind of hard also to generalize it because like some of these songs are like maybe they're not like headbanging angry but they're frustrated angry yeah, and yeah, yeah. um yeah angry yeah. is a very wide term yeah for sure mm. yeah i think hillary you showed me a video of necking yes and <laughs> I think I was just like having a embody it as well. Embody it. That's how you do it. It was just like the energy that we had in Hillary's basement, and we were like, okay, like, but don't like me, like, like we all stood up, and then it was just like we we were just all like pissed, you know, just like (laughs) like reading these lyrics, like just like all this like actual like headbang anger Mm. that like we'd been trying to find for like such a long time, actually actually kind of good release yeah 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 yeah, yeah. For sure. you've all used the word cathartic in, in yeah. different mm-hmm. uh, different ways of uh at least my own relationship with metal music it's very much a, yeah. a cathartic one it's like a a way to release like endorphins one <laughs> because your body is moving as yeah. you listen to it but um but also um yeah there's like aggression in the form of like lyrics in the form of like the way melodies are built but also the like the tones that you're listening to right mm-hmm. um through the different means of distortion or like like some of the like lower tunings as well even just like the drums right like using like uh like i guess china cymbals or like really like smashing like ride cymbals there's like an intense kind of reverberation that you don't often get from different styles of music mm-hmm. um so that makes sense um but i also think that it's uh i appreciate that you're all kind of willing to like to just like let the music kind of happen and not be so focused on like oh is this like uh is this fitting within a sound because that mm-hmm. can be like um, debilitating right yeah. to go, oh is this our sound is this yeah. our sound rather than uh, putting something out that, that just means something to you right that mm-hmm. that uh is fulfilling and that, that kind of speaks to all of you uh, with, like with different like genres and stuff too, mm-hmm. there can be many different sounds that exist within a genre but i think yeah. the main part of genre sometimes is the like thought behind it mm. like for example like metal rock grunge can all be very they can be aggressive, they can be mellow, they can be emotional. Totally. They, they span a very wide range of things, but they all have a very different intent sort of going through the songwriting mm-hmm. that you can feel even if they sound like each other. Right, like right, the, right, right. The lyrics say something, the intention behind the song says something. Like it's, it's. Um, I think there's not as much distinction between genres as people think. Mm-hmm. It's just more so um, like, how you're feeling when you're ready how you're feeling when you're listening to it totally. and then we hope that even if the songs sound a little bit different in sound that which i don't think they do i think they sound pretty collectively sound but yeah. like that that the intention behind all of it they come from like one kind of space one kind of hit space you know okay yeah yeah um i i, I uh yeah. suppose like i guess the reason why there's that like distinction though is like with 1989 and during eyes like there's no real solution for those like things that we're processing because it's like well the things happening in hong kong Mm. the history with tiananmen square like you know it's just like bringing awareness there's nothing not necessarily that we're we're doing in our own personal lives necessarily like that is alleviating except for like spreading more awareness of what these things are are that are happening but like <laughs> for don't like me it, my, the whole i wrote the lyrics 
and it was literally just because I was like angry with my coworkers mm. <laughs> <laughs> and like my dad and like just men who are who are very like insistent and in taking up space mm. and demanding like emotional labor mm-hmm. and it's just like I for me I know that when <laughs> around white men like I'm just very like why what like why are you trying so hard mm. and like I I'm I'm like very proud of like Chanel's delivery of the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Cuz it's like it's it's like exactly what I was like in the intention. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um there's a lot more than will ever kind of meet the eye when it comes to like how songwriting really happens, right? Um, it also like being able to hear these things and, and being able to hear an artist kind of share their process through it obviously um, is always exciting for us because when someone does listen to this episode um, they can feel that you know when when this music does get shared they can look back or they can listen to this this interview and hear you all kind of speak on it which is always really special so thank you thank you for sharing all this. Mm-hmm. of course of course <laughs> my goodness um, uh, we, we really wanted to talk about the uh, the, the grant, the Vivek Shreya grant, which um, you all were recipients of. Congrats again. Uh, it's obviously super, super exciting. And I realize it's kind of been um, uh, a catalyst for this EP to be produced and to kind of uh, really get the, the ball rolling, right? Um, I am kind of curious to know, um, this is something that I'm, I'm going through personally right now with uh, grant writing. Um, I'm curious to know what your experiences have been with grant writing for music or, or non-music related um, projects, but um, what advice might you have uh, for anyone, uh, myself included, uh, <laughs> who are kind of looking to, to fund their projects, um, but, you know, are challenged by, you know, the, the process or the kind of, um, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the, challenge you might find as a result of a potentially facing rejection throughout the process um what was that process like for for all of you and and what kind of helped you kind of keep pushing through to to, to keep applying i mean we've applied to um multiple mm-hmm. grants and the first one was uh q okay and that was for was that for the music video Mm. I think it was for that was MVP. The music video was MVP. The MVP one, yeah. But Q was to get Durian Eyes recorded, right? Durian Eyes, yeah. Recorded. Just Durian Eyes, and um, I think uh, to some degree our mentality is like we'll just do it. Yeah. Um, and that fits with things I've heard. I've attended like a panel the past year at Venus Fest. Okay and uh, heard industry folks and musicians talk about, you know, like, the government's giving money, you just do it. Right. Like, we, like, folks who are, who don't have the resources and access to, like, make art Mm -hmm. are entitled to this music and just need to apply and just do it and get over that hurdle. Um, And with the... So we didn't receive the first two, um, which I think was sort of a valuable lesson. We learned um, some major do nots. Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Um, like there's uh, there's apparently some very specific things that you sh- like flat out should never say in a proposal. 
Um, like, we, we have the means, which at the time in that context of what we were trying to say, like, what we meant by we have the means, we meant like we have the instruments right. to make music. Like, we don't need to rent uh, instruments. Mm. But like, you know, recording, that's a different... Whole different uh, beast. Level yeah. in investment, and that's what we were sort of uh, getting at. Um, but with the Vivek Shreya grant, I think it was just because of how tailored it was for mm. POC artists. Mm-hmm. That honestly, for for me, I I think both of us, me, Amanda, and I wrote a good chunk. Yeah. Yes, because we because uh, we we were applying to two at the same time. Yeah, yeah. it was, and so uh, we kind of split it up. Um, yeah, yeah. So we took um, parts of the other grants mm-hmm. and had like a framework of how that would apply to the questions in these two that we were um, applying for and. Right. I think I had started writing that like was it two or three months before the deadline. I was like, we should just really just do it because like, you know, then we're not competing with white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Less discouraging. And yeah. uh, um, I think it was very, it was a little bit tough because it was, you're trying to sell this whole project. Mm that you know you may or may not know all the details of what's going to encompass yeah. it and so it's really hard to write and try and sell yourself quote unquote yeah. that idea when you don't have all the details and information but and the thing is they want those details yeah. Exactly. It, kind of, yeah. it kind of forced so us like, to get our shit together yeah you mm-hmm. gotta like yeah. do all your research and look up all all the things and what people want and like I know for the MVP grant some other grants we like talk to people who already got the grant before mm. and like ask them what their application was like like what should they in- what were the things that they included or didn't include so that would increase our chances of like getting in and like I know like Hillary has been a big fan of Vivek for like a very long time yeah. so that kind of really helped too <laughs> for sure for sure so yeah I'm, I mean it's like you don't even know that these grants are out there you know and so it's unlike there's government ones which are really great and we did get we got the the ontario arts council grant as well um so it's just like i think it's a combination of they're hard to find so you have to have like your eyes out for them Mm -hmm. you have to and i found actually filling out the framework because they do provide you with like you know the questions and the breakdown um i think you have to think like very you can't be afraid to talk about yourself and you can't be afraid to be like, what you be genuine and put what you hope to achieve there. You know, you can't just put, so for example, it's like, what do you hope to achieve with this? Well, you can't just say, well, I hope to complete an EP and put it on Spotify. Like, mm. sure, that's, that's your baseline. But then I think we went to say, and it also writing the grant helped us realize what our goals were as mm. a group. But um, sort of say like, we want to create a global community of Asian artists or Asian listeners and queer Asian people um, you know I said something along the lines of we're fortunate to live in a city where there's a great 
um, population of us, but yeah. you know, there's not always people are not always living in the city, and they're always so. Yeah. I was just kind of grasping. It's like not just thinking about like yourself, but who your listener would be, who you could connect with, and just thinking as like broadly as possible. And, and in between each yeah. step, there are like other steps too. Yeah. Like for example, if you say we want to put it on Spotify, how are you going to get it to Spotify? Right. You mm-hmm. got to talk about every single step. Yeah, that's right. Way. Yeah, and. I think a big thing that we learned from this grant was that, um, like, I've applied to grants outside of this band before, mm-hmm. and I've never gotten any of them because right. my demos suck. Right. If you're a musician and you and they ask you to submit a demo for the grant, they're only going to give you money for something that they believe you can actually, like, make it sound good. I mean, it's a demo. It doesn't have to be, like, perfect. Yeah. But they have to believe in the sound in order to invest money totally. in you. So, um, like, we we were lucky enough to have friends who like voluntarily helped oh, us amazing. you know produce yeah, we, our, we, our demos we, yeah yeah and so, read over our proposal and give us suggestions awesome yeah. Yeah. yeah so like get as many eyes on it as possible and i think like with like you know we got the vivek shrine one first which was really good because mm-hmm. we were like wow like we could finally <laughs> do it we were in shock we, yeah. the group chat yeah. that day was like, was like, <laughs> like just like guys day. check your emails check your emails <laughs> and, and then and, you know it's like it's like okay you know like it's a poc grant it was it's and it's like perfect and everything but the oac one when we got that one too it was also kind of solidified the fact that um you you don't don't be afraid of applying to things outside of your community as well like right. You know, like applying to things to grants if you're a POC or applying to grants if you're queer or whatever is important because then you can be in your community and what and 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 you know that that is guaranteed to not have a competition like outside of that. But if you're good in your music, then anyone should be able to listen to it hmm. and give you the money. So you have to believe in yourself that you can apply for any other grants to outside of that Ontario Arts Council, Toronto Arts Council, anything that you're entitled to because you as an artist are not entitled to just the POC grants. You're entitled to the Canadian grants because you're a Canadian. Mm -hmm. And so to like strive for that and not try to like limit yourself in that way, like just apply for things that you think, um, like not only you have a chance with, but that you want. You want. Yeah. Yeah. Can I jump off that actually? Um, There's like, 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 so I study psych in, university and like there's studies that show that like women and minorities like racialized folks are so like less likely to apply for things if they feel like they're like missing a qualification you know Mm. whereas people who have always held this power in society like they're like you know what like uh, i get all the other stuff so i can apply for this too and i just i like i always reflect on how much i like you know sometimes we hold ourselves back um just because we're like oh well i'm missing this one thing like maybe we're feeling like we're missing more experience and like there's other more experienced more talented musicians out there it's like well why like we're holding ourselves back you know so for other people that are like applying for grants um even if you feel like you know someone out there might be doing it better than you like just go for it anyways you know they're probably not first of all like everyone's doing their own thing you're all doing great so it's just worth it to give it a shot anyways yeah and if you don't get it that's okay like it's not a it is competitive in a way but it's not a competition like we're all musicians in toronto we're all musicians in ontario and we all help each other this year it'll go to somebody else 
who needs it next year reapply again or maybe it'll go to you like yeah. we all need to share the money that's available of course and of i course. think that like for for us like we're as the first recipients of Vivex grants too like like when i met her i like cried so <laughs> like so it's just it's just one of those like it's like when someone believes in you you believe in yourself yeah so it was one of those moments that helped us to you know go forward and actually like move grow and move beyond totally. like what we were doing before and like believe in ourselves to be able to apply to other things to you know continue to do all that we needed to get the ep in place that we didn't know before yeah. so um i don't know i i guess i would just say like if it's it's tough because we are so lucky with the back but you know it's just but you have to believe yeah. in yourself yeah. and that and other people will believe in you too because if we didn't believe in ourselves and we didn't apply to the project then vivek wouldn't have been able to even find to know about us right yeah. so like you just gotta like take that step and like believe that you can do it and if you can't do it this year you can do it next year mm-hmm. that's not next year the year after that we keep growing and we keep applying to things and keeps getting better and better so amazing Wow. Yeah, I don't think there's also necessarily anything wrong with allowing a project or time to like grow and develop. Mm-hmm. And like I know um, we have many friends in bands who are going to be releasing something this year. And they, okay. you know, folks who don't receive grants, they take a lot longer um, to put in that, you know fine detailed mm. uh, execution into their s- projects and we're, we're all aware of crowdfunding and that's if if you have an audience then they 100% will support that project and want to make it happen so that they can have it in their lives yeah um, yeah no kidding I think um, such a big part of it is to like not let the uh, the outcome of the grant um, affect the way you, you view your idea, right? Because the idea, nine times out of ten, is going to be rooted in something very pure, and mm-hmm. sometimes it just takes a, the time to think about it and to refine, as you said, um, to, to then eventually, right? Just mm-hmm. kind of keep picking away at it. Um, I think I needed to hear that today. It's like a big grant writing day for me. So like I appreciate I appreciate you, you know, the words. Thank you. You got this, Chris. Hey, Chris, you're gonna get this, this one. Podcast. I'm enjoying it. So hey, thank wow. you, thank you so much. I mean, we've never thought about uh, truth. Yeah, truthfully, we've never thought about applying for for grants of this podcast. But it's maybe something worth the. Yeah, there's really? a bad podcast out there okay. too. My personal <laughs> opinion. <laughs> Uh, this podcast or a good <laughs> podcast? Like you never know. They're just looking for podcasts. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, okay, well, we have the basic equipment, and like you guys are still, f- but then it's like the grants can apply to, you know, getting you even further. So yeah. it's like, like what is it? Yeah, publicity, like publicity, studios. setting up a website. Right. Like there's so many things that the grants can like right. help you out with that you haven't even yeah, that we didn't thought even about. Know that or we yeah, or like yeah. Vivex, something really special that comes with Vivex is having her mentorship. You know, oh, wow. that's something that you can't get from. That's like you can invaluable. only get that from her. Wow. And yeah. yeah, 
that's amazing see the thing is i've done too many bits on this podcast about women curving me so i don't know if like that would (laughs) appeal to cbc's bracket (laughs) they've they've done some real new stuff that's right that's right Uh, they might not stoop to our level of just (laughs) self-deprecating humor but we'll see you know um i mean they got yeah their stuff too that's right they have have a lot of bad oh yeah i mean oh but my stuff is like oh haha that's fun their stuff is like you're terrible people so you. That's yeah. right. That's right. You know, thank you for bringing it up. Also, CBC, please sponsor us. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, we really just have, have one question left, and and this one is like uh, we always try to, to end our episodes on a on a little fun note. Um, so this one is is just a quick most likely to segment where we drop four different most likely to questions, and uh, we have you briefly share to us who is who of the band members is most likely to. I uh, do one of the things mentioned here. Quick um, roast time. So, yeah. <laughs> quick roast time, that's right. Super light, you know, we just, we just love ripping bands apart. That's what we're we're just, mm. We come into undisclosed locations and... <laughs> that's right, we're not going to sleep in. That's right. So first one, who is most likely to forget about band practice? Hannah. Hannah, yeah. Uh, I already looked over these and I already made the nominations. <laughs> You're so ready to jump to that. <laughs> Although there was that one time that your alarm didn't go off when we were meeting Beg, so... Okay, but that... I didn't forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about Well, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't wake up and then... And then they were like, Vivek is waiting for you. Oh, <laughs> I was like... I got ready in two minutes. It was also like 8 a.m. It was 8 a.m. It was was like, it was And we went to like this coffee shop that wasn't open, so we went to Antel. (laughs) Yeah, and it was, I'm just going to say, I live on the West End and it was in the East End. So they were not, these factors were all just working. That's right, that's right. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. We're all, except for Hillary, we're all chronically late people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's and, very true. And Hillary is like a chronically early person. <laughs> yeah, so Hillary will so be just waiting a very long time. Yeah. All the time She'll be there for like a half I an hour there. before. That day I biked there. Yeah. yeah. And then from Scarborough. Yeah. Wow. And then yeah, looking all sweaty for the photo shoot. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no. I guess we. You know, Hannah, Hannah makes good use of her calendar. <laughs> yeah, I put things in my calendar, <laughs> and then she forgets about that they were in her calendar, yeah. <laughs> or like I had the wrong time in there. <laughs> or like, or the group chat will have like 120 messages oh my God. where yeah. we've like changed the date and time like seven times. And it's understandable. Yeah. 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 Hours are really tough yeah. job, okay. and so true. we we That's understand true. that it's the the schedules. Crazy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And there's like five of us too. How many voices in this show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is getting it all out later on the table. Like, yeah. <laughs> hundred <laughs> messages later. It's literally five no exaggeration <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who is most likely to stage dive at a show? First of all, maybe has this happened yet? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't think yeah, any of us could. have yet. If I could, yeah. but I am at yeah. the most detrimental That's right. position. You have to yeah. I would say rhythm. Like I would hop on the drums and let you stage dive. Uh, I would, honestly, I think Hillary would, because she's no. the smallest. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't want people to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. like maybe Amanda. Amanda. She's kind of, she's kind of got that. that <laughs> it's, it's, my, it's my goal to stage dive mm-hmm. at some point. Okay, yeah. okay. It'll, so, we'll make, make it happen. happen. Gotta yeah. go yeah. Too, so it will happen. Yes. I gotta, I gotta. Actually, I know a show where that can happen. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. All right. We'll talk later. <laughs> <Keep> <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> I feel like 
I would if it was one of those venues where you could, you know. But like yeah. we're playing these venues where like sometimes I'm like, there's like five people that's standing right, up, that's right, so that's right. I don't want to make y'all. There's big like gaps. Stage dived at our show. Yeah, that's true. Many yeah. times, yeah. just okay. not us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's they, all, they yeah. just jump on the stage and jump off. Yeah. It's also <laughs> it's also <laughs> just to say our audience is primarily like people smaller. Sm- like smaller oh, yeah. people <laughs> like stature wise yeah. so it, it would be harder for them to like sustain Hikes us themselves up. yeah 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 that's fair yeah. okay 2020 let's yeah. try and make it happen you know? you know what i've always wanted to do though um the lead singer of cage the elephant i saw mm-hmm. them at a music festival in calgary um when i was like 15 and okay. he like he i a couple people in the crowd was like you got me and he like st- like they held him up like he just stood in the crowd wow. like, yeah, instead of like stage yeah. diving wow. and like i remember watching that like kind of far away and being like yeah that is so scary that is yeah. so scary. That's like, like the trust in strangers you know Definitely that's right just a little safety trust. first yeah, yeah safety, <laughs> safety first is cut sleep <laughs> i don't know how guitar i've seen guitarists and a vocalist do that like, standing up gu- yeah like a guitarist sorry a guitarist did a solo then like dived onto the stage and then the vocalist was like held up like standing up by the audience mm, and then wow. she was singing and then she like flipped back i can't onto believe it yeah. hannah you like, know you uh, you know what me, you, and Hillary need to get? Oh, God. Wireless uh, plugs for guitars. Because then we'll, we, can, we can just jump off the stage. <laughs> right. and I just walk still, around. We can still play and we don't have to be tethered, tethered to the band. That's true. Yeah, you know yeah. what I was thinking? Yeah, Stilts. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to worry about right. people holding us okay. up and putting our lives in their hands. We'll just stand we on these stilts and walk out. <laughs> we can just have like a podium in the middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Stage design. Stage design. That's we, can, we can do a whole song where I play tambourine and then I can just stand yeah, there. Yeah. Program the drums. Maybe you could program the that's drums. True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Drum track. Lots of lots of ideas. One here. one day we'll get you to stage. One day. Yeah. It's all for our own safety. Yeah. <laughs> like all these ideas. Like, yeah, yeah. I how do we make it. this happen? It'll be least we likely. Invite a lot of like strong people. That's right. <laughs> first first aid certified people. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people that do show up to our shows are like friends of ours and whatever members okay. of our community. So we definitely trust them. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like we can like be like, hey, we want to try this thing tonight and yeah. make Get us feel ready. a lot safer. If, like, yeah, that's true. I think you could yeah. like I've band yeah, together heads up, and heads up. Like, yeah, like, 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 yeah, give people heads up before we yeah. happen. Yeah, give them a Yeah, communication. Yeah. Yeah. Like that singer who like did the the eye contact. Yeah, you need yeah. to do the eye connect. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. you're also you you don't want it to be the opposite where everyone like steps away. Exactly. Right? Oh, yeah. oh, I've totally yeah, seen, seen that happen. Yeah. Far yeah. too often. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Last one for you here. Who is most likely to uh, fight to death over who pays for dinner? Do oh. do you ever uh, collectively eat together? Do yeah. this, do people like who, to to who, cook? Who would fight to death to pay for? Yeah. Dinner? Who is like who's like usually the last person standing? <laughs> We don't do that. We, we don't um, really we do that. That's good. I feel okay. like we wouldn't. Um, no. I, I guess well, we I mean, like to death about it, but I feel like Amanda would. Like, well, Amanda's very, like, like traditional, like, <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> traditional. No, no, no. No, sometimes. Sometimes, and you're like, you're like, like, you're like, this is. Today is the day cut sleeve ends. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, I mean this in like a good way. Like yeah. you know how like when you go to dinner with like your parents and another family, and like the parents will be fighting uh, over. Like I feel yeah. like you're like that kind of like I'm not traditional. traditional. <laughs> I'm just generous. generous. You, you are a very generous person. I would. I don't know. I would. I would say it. 
like, like the word thank like you, in Canto is like Daifong, so like that's what like I get from you, you know, like Daifong is kind of like generous and like very like open hearted. Aww, mm-hmm. that's so nice. Yeah, you're always bringing us Christmas presents. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Great way to bring it back around. We love you. Um, now who's trying to avoid paying the bill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's be let's give a thousand. Because uh, two hundred dollars is a lot for one person. So, um, no, truly, all of you, thank you so much for for joining us. We have reached the the end of this episode here. Um, but not only has it been a, a real pleasure to kind of speak with all of you, but it's also just very exciting to kind of see how this year pans out and years to come pan out uh, for for not only cut sleeve but. As you kind of mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you know, how uh, you kind of write your own history and contribute to a very rich um, and unfortunately sometimes a, a hidden or, or suppressed history for whatever the reasons may be, you know. Um, I think it's very special to, to kind of exist uh, in spaces that oftentimes, um, yeah, we can feel like we don't belong or, or we're, we're, we're made to feel like we don't belong. Um, so for that reason, I think it's uh, it's very special, you know, that, that you all exist here and exist as this band. So thank you for for joining us and, and chatting with us. Um, thank you. Of yeah. course. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for your podcast existing. Of course. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Of course. And having yeah. the space to have us here and like talk about these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, we need we need more of it. Um, where can people keep up to date with all of you um, as to find out? about upcoming shows or maybe some uh, future music releases? Ask Cutsleeve on Instagram. Yeah, our Instagram is definitely the best place okay. to reach us at the at um, Cutsleeve. We're on Facebook as well. Okay. Yeah. Cutsleeve. YouTube. We have yeah. recording. Yeah, we have Awesome. Space. I'd say Instagram's definitely. I think yeah, Instagram is like our prime method of communication. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. At Cutsleeve. At yeah. Cutsleeve. Yes. We'll make sure yeah. to, uh, to add that in our description. Instagram.com slash Cutsleeve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. First, we need the um, this has been great. Thank you again, Cutsley, for joining us. Um, this is episode 76. As always, this is Chris, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Not Chris, a.k.a. Bash me outside because I don't fight, I just get beat up, a.k.a. Little Poopy Dirt, a.k.a. Dr. Do Too Little, a.k.a. It's not me, it's not you. We're just going through a tough time right now. As always, I'm here with Navek. Hey, it's Navek, a.k.a. Navek, a.k.a. Uh, Chet Hanks, a.k.a. Tamil Tyrese, a.k.a. Mr. Rump on your girl, so you'll run away, a.k.a. Little Couch, Big Coach. And you know what? We have cut sleeve here as well. Again, everyone Thank say so bye to the camera. Three, one, two, three, bye. bye. bye.